0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Um, so there's also, ugh, boy, God, I'm having a hard time with the speaking today, y'all. Okay, we're we're getting it together here. My harmona, har- oh God. And I imagine you see an uptick of that more at the end of the day. And Which is kind of like starting in the middle of the day and then like starts to rise more at the end. So let me restate that just because my phone is an asshole. Okay, really, I'm the asshole because I forgot to put it on silent. Yeah, anyway. So... everybody and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. Thanks for coming back and visiting with me again and hearing about all the things that I've been looking up and thinking about this week and actually the topic that I'm doing this week I've actually been thinking about for gosh a number of months and I've been kind of like playing with the idea of talking about it and I'm, I've am just been super excited about it but at the same time I'm kind of like mm. Do people really want to know about all this stuff? Because I'm super interested in it because I'm a healthcare worker. So obviously my mind is already kind of based in the body <laughs> as it is. And so I'm I'm, I'm just going to go with it and I'm going to see how you guys like it. And please let me know how you like it. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking today about male and female rhythms and hormone balances and I know that that's like oh that's not really like spiritually based but it in the same time it kind of is though because if your body is not in tune or aligned you can't really be your best in spirituality either all of it has to kind of take a front seat your mental spiritual and physical health has to kind of be in line otherwise it's not really going to feel good to be experiencing anything if like one thing is out of sorts you know what i mean so at any rate i'm going to talk about that today and i hope you guys love it i i have been just absolutely amazed in discovering all these things so let me know what you guys think so let's let's scale it back here though we're going to talk about the crystals of the week so let's let's start from the beginning (laughs) I get ahead of myself when I get excited, as you guys know. So at any rate, I started last, uh, well, not last week, because we had our uh, my interview with the wonderful Vicki Davis. But this, this week, uh, actually, I'm going to continue on the court series because I started a few weeks ago when I talked about the different types of quartz and how many there are and it's just incredible and I can actually probably do more than one today which will be really cool so the first one that I'm going to talk about is the amphibole quartz also known as angel phantom quartz and I'm looking this up um, up out of the crystal bible 2 by Judy Hall now again this is a series of books and this is the second one and she talks about angel phantom quartz. And it comes in colors of white, yellow, red, and peach inclusions. Um, it usually okay, so it has its appearance, it says, she says, Phantoms, layers, and quote unquote wings within clear or opaque quartz. Isn't that interesting? So basically, you say the you see these little like whitish looking opaque winged like structures inside the clearish looking quartz it's really cool looking it's pretty rare and it's sourced out of Brazil um, so amphiboly quartz or angel phantom quartz attributes are also known as angel phantom because of the inner wings and angelic vibration amphiboly quartz provides a connection to the highest level of spiritual experience calling you in or I'm sorry calling in your guardian angel and higher beings, and bringing deep inner joy. It has an extremely gentle and calming energy. Spiritually, placing amphiboly quartz on the crown chakra activates all the higher crown chakras, opening a ladder up which awareness ascends to connect with your higher self, and moving further up the vibrational scale to attend. Oh, I'm sorry, to attain the highest guidance. Using this stone for introspection and insight, especially placed on the third eye, attunes the wisdom of the universal mind, allowing a more detached perspective on life and on evolution. Gazing into its depths, you go to a space of deep universal love and are assisted in always acting from a place of love. The phantoms and inclusions within amphibole quartz can include red hematite, a deeply stable stone that protects grounds, protects grounds, and dissolves negativity. White, that's a word, kaolinite, K-A-O-L-I-N-I-T-E, kaolinite, which opens the inner ear, and yellow peach limonite, which stimulates and guards against psychic attack or mental influence making the stone a useful companion for spiritual journeying phantoms symbolize the numerous lifetimes of the soul and take you traveling through multi-dimensions they break up old patterns and assist in reconnecting to ancient wisdom held in your soul memory environmentally it has been suggested that amphibole is the perfect workplace stone as it subtly shifts the energies to the highest possible and brings about cooperation and harmony. Triangulating three amphiboles provides a perfect meditation or creative space. For healing, amphibole quartz works best at oh God, that word really trips me up, man. Okay. Amphiboli quartz works best at the non-physical level of being not entirely I'm guessing really what she means is it's mainly just your energetic bodies that this stone is very particular in um, catalyzing change as opposed to experiencing any physical healing so it's not going to like you know, help with like filtering out your blood or helping with headaches or sleeping better. So this is just going to solely help you with your energetic bodies. At least that's what I'm getting from this. And to position correctly, you want to hold it, just hold in your hands, um, or grid it or place as appropriate. Okay, so that is um, amphibole quartz, also known as phantom, no, I'm sorry, angel phantom quartz. Okay, so the second quartz is blue quartz. And um, obviously it comes in a blue color and it its appearance is usually a clear blue or patches of threads included in the quartz. It looks, you know what it kind of looks like is it kind of looks like a cross between lapis lazuli and like a little bit of caraway because the blue is really deep. So it's almost like a like a royal, almost purpley kind of blue. So it's rarity. So it sh- it's the natural form of blue quartz is rare, and it's sourced worldwide. So its attributes are placed at the throat chakra. Blue quartz reaches out to others, and is of great assistance in understanding your spiritual nature. Spiritually, this tranquil stone facilitates passing through a metamorphosis. Mentally. Blue quartz reverses disorganization as it instills mental clarity and self-discipline. Calming the mind, it assuages fear, inspires hope, and fires creativity. For healing, it supports the throat, immune system, spleen, endocrine system, and organs in the upper body, assists detoxification and depression, calming overstimulation. If rutilated, it is said to restrain premature ejaculation. To position correctly, you want to just hold it in your hands, grid it, or place as appropriate. Additional forms are in de, oh man, indicolite, indicolite in quartz, <laughs> which is blue tourmaline included quartz, and this has uh, blue threads within a clear or cloudy white point, and is a useful stone for stimulating out-of-body experiences and journeying. Spiritually, in indicolite quartz transports you through high vibrations and offers an overview of your of your lives, giving insight into the soul's plan for the present life. Now, when she says overview of your lives, she's talking about your past lives and even future lives. So this isn't just the one that you're currently in, but all that has been or will be. So this gives you insight into the soul into the soul plan for the present life. So you're gaining wisdom and knowledge from these past or present or past or future lives to more enrich your present life. Psychologically, if you have been using revenge as an escape from past pain or attack as a defense aid against the possibility of being hurt or are caught in a similar destructive pattern, Indicolite. Quartz frees you up to offer forgiveness and tenderness both to yourself and others. Emotionally, indicolite Quartz releases blocked feelings and enables speaking about them. It ameliorates sadness, offering comfort and insight into the deeper causes and consequences of grief and loss. This beautiful stone teaches that no one ever mourns alone. It accesses a multitude of spirit guides and helpers who gather close to assist a soul who is dying or one who will be left behind through a difficult transition. It also reminds you that while the body may die, love does not. Indicalite Quartz also teaches that death occurs at the right time for the soul, no matter how inopportune it may appear. It says that the soul has learned its lessons or the karma of grace. There that freaking term is again, karma of grace. And I swear to God, the last time that I saw that, I could not find anything in here. And she puts a little asterisk by it, being like, there's a definition here, right? Because when you when you're looking at a book that like is educational or you know what I mean? Informative in some way, usually an asterisk means, hey yo, there is a there's a definition for this term. But I don't see no definition. I have been looking through this book nonstop and there ain't no definition here. Judy Hall, so, yeah, what What about that? What What would it do with that, okay? Anyway, Learned His Lessons, or the Karma of Grace, has come into operation. Gifts have been developed and the soul has headed home, and the stone is there to comfort those left behind. Ideal for healers, this stone prevents negativity from sticking and assists in locating the site of dis-ease the crystal quote unquote jumps when it reaches the point of greatest disharmony place. Oh God. Can you imagine? Did, did you guys just imagine that for a moment? Like the stone actually jumping. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what that means, but it is really interesting. Like if it's like you have like a really horrible block or something like that on one of your energy bodies and it's just like, whoop, there it is. <laughs> Sorry. The thought of it is a little bit humorous to me. I mean, hopefully you guys <laughs> see that too. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's a very wild imagination. Anyway, place endocolite quartz anywhere there is disease or congestion. Indocolite quartz is beneficial for a chronic sore throat, cellular memory, the pulmonary and immune systems, the brain, fluid imbalances, the kidney, bladder, thymus, and thyroid, Sinusitis, bacterial infections, the throat, larynx, lungs, <laughs> Osof- oof, this this one, esophagus, and eyes. Okay, also for soothing burns and overcoming insomnia and night sweats. Well, shit, I feel like that's like everything. It's all the things, <laughs> kind of. Anyway, blue quartz with lazulite. Lazulite. L a z u l i t e has a profound and pure energy that brings about cosmic alignment and attunes to the bliss of the infinity of being wow that's a woo -woo, um sentence if i've ever heard (laughs) a useful stone for meditation and metaphysical gifts it creates an anchor into the divine and stimulates recognition of your own divine being this stone is useful if you wish to know underlying causes of control control freakery. She said freakery in this. <laughs> oh my, I I love you, Tootie Hall. That's I love that you use the word freakery. I this is the best thing ever. <laughs> sorry. I'm going off on a lot of tangents today, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, okay, underlying causes of control freakery or addiction, bringing about in depth healing of past or present life causes and creating unshakable self confidence. Okay, so those are the two quartzs that we're covering today blue quartz and amphibole quartz. And heaven help me if I find a really good picture of both. Here's hoping, fingers crossed at any rate let's move on to the quote of the week and i got this quote out of this really beautiful book that i read that was uh referred to me by my best friend um leah and this is ask and it is given by esther and jerry hicks the teachings of abraham and this is one of the things that they say in it that i thought was absolutely gorgeous okay You are empowered beings. You are utterly free to create. And when you know that and are focused upon things that are in vibrational harmony with that, you feel absolute joy. But when you think thoughts that are contrary to that truth, you feel the opposite emotions of disempowerment and bondage. And all emotions fall somewhere within that range from joy to disempowerment. Use your emotions to feel your way back to well-being. Okay, so that is the quote of the week. And now let's talk about the topic. So we're gonna be talking about male and female rhythms and cycles. And they're very, very different. Um, So like the short and dirty of this is that male hormone cycles are usually 24 hours. Female hormone cycles are 28 to 31 days and we all live kind of by this 24-hour cycle also known as a circadian rhythm and for men that's fine because their fluctuations usually are in harmony with that time frame whereas for women it's not it's not in harmony with that time frame we need a lot more time because we have different phases in a month that we have to be very aware of. Now for men, um, so I looked up a little bit more about male hormone cycles and like what they look like. And I um, I looked up this article off of myhormonology.com forward slash, forward slash learn forward slash male dash hormone dash cycle forward slash. That's a lot very sorry and I thought this one was a very nice like to the point you know about what male hormone cycles look like and most people I feel like most men are aware of like you know what is going on but maybe not we'll we'll see anyway so this is let me see do we have who, who wrote you Ooh. uh made with love by Niall Flynn okay thanks Niall Flynn Fabulous. Okay. So this is what they have to say about male hormone cycles. Instead of having a month long hormone cycle, like women, men go through an entire hormone cycle every 24 hours. Men also have about 10 times more testosterone than women. So their hormone cycle is usually all about their testosterone affects them or how I'm sorry, all about how their testosterone affects them. A man's body does make estrogen and progesterone like a woman's body, but in much smaller amounts men usually have a i feel like more of an uptick of those hormones starting more of like in the middle of the day and really at the height and at the end of the day because that's when things are starting to slow down that would be anyway that's just my thought process anyway so anyway um here's a timeline of what you can generally expect from a man's daily hormone cycle so in the morning testosterone is highest and that's very well, understood because men usually have a lot more of drive in the morning time. Once he shakes off the fog of sleep, high testosterone makes him more energetic. Talkative, aggressive, focused, competitive, independent, impulsive, and confident. During these peak testosterone hours, he may also be more easily angered. For instance, if he stubs his toe, he might lose his top, and be more likely to say no to a favor or request. His virility is at a high point, so is his ability to put together furniture, read maps, and do other tasks that are require oh that require spatial skills. So this is the like a really good time to assemble. Like any DIY, DIY, uh, DIY projects, compete in contests, work on a solo project, uh, figure out the best driving route, or enjoy passionate sex. Um, I find that usually waking up in the morning and doing heavier work for men so like getting up and working out doing like a harder workout will really take advantage of that peak in their testosterone and have them be able to kind of work in harmony with that so the afternoon testosterone is in the middle of its cycle Uh, he's a tad mellower than his morning self but isn't going on an empty going on empty just yet as a result he's still upbeat driven and focused but not as easily ticked off that stub toe would likely elicit a much shorter, less intense burst of swear words. He's more open to working with others rather than going solo. So this would be the best time for him to work as a part-time team, pitch clients or customers and brainstorm ideas or go on a date. So in the evening time, testosterone is lowest. With testosterone bottoming out, he tends to be more passive, agreeable, and low-key, making this a good time to ask him for a favor or other requests since he's more likely to grant it. He may feel tired or fuzzy, especially before he's had a chance to recharge after work or eat dinner. At this point, his libido hits its lowest point. For some men, this low point is still enough to make them capable of enjoying passionate sex. Other men may feel too tired for intimacy or having difficulty maintaining an erection. So the, that would this time would be the best for him to do activities that rejuvenate his energy if he wants a pick-me-up, such as playing an instrument or exercising, enjoy relaxing activities in keeping with his current low energy level, such as reading or watching a documentary, or cuddling with his partner. So a couple of things that I thought were interesting are the exceptions. So even though men have a daily hormone cycle pattern that repeats the same way every day, their testosterone level can be greatly affected by a variety of activities and experiences. So research shows that a man's testosterone spikes when he drinks alcohol or caffeine, watches an action movie, looks at a person he finds sexually attractive either in real life or simply an image, plays video games, or competes in or anticipates a sports game or game of chess. His testosterone also rises when he simply watches his favorite team compete. Interesting that they put chess down. That would be really interesting. (laughs) Like why not like Parcheesi or Monopoly? It's chess. Like specifically, I'd be really interested to see like the actual uptick of testosterone in dudes playing chess. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. That's interesting. When a man experiences a spike in his testosterone, this can make him more impulsive and increase his desire to take risks. It's no wonder that advertisements geared towards men, for example, for muscle cars and casinos use physically attractive models and employees when marketing to males. Research shows that a sudden rise in testosterone makes men likely to spend more money and take other financial risks. A sharp rise in testosterone can also make men more aggressive, which may be one reason why some men who watch their favorite sports team win a major tournament then go on to celebrate by rioting in the streets and turning over cars. Sure, beer likely helps fuel that behavior, but high testosterone plays a role too testosterone can plunge suddenly, too. For example, research shows that when a man watches his favorite sports team lose a game, his testosterone dips sharply. This doesn't occur in women when they watch their team lose. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've watched some women behave in the exact same way. I mean, whether like chemically it's doing the same thing or not, I don't know. But I mean, I get really upset when my team loses (laughs) Just saying, (laughs) this decline in testosterone can then make him blue, cranky, or lethargic. As you can see, it's worth keeping in mind that a man's daily hormone cycle can play a key role in his moods, energy, and libido. But there are other factors that can influence him too. So I, I kind of looked up some other things that you can do to help with male hormone cycles. So, and what's interesting is that the supplements almost exactly the same as they would be for women as well. So to, to support balance. Now, this isn't saying to uptick your testosterone. This is overall balance. Ashwagandha, cordyceps, maca, and rhodiola. Now, all of those are adaptogens. And I'm going to do a whole episode on adaptogens because they're freaking amazing. Um, but adaptogens essentially help with the body's stress response they reduce cortisol levels, restore adrenal glands and fatigue and prevent stress and promote hormone balance. So there's a big difference between like increasing your testosterone or increasing your estrogen or, um, or estrogen levels or progesterone and, and just supporting your hormone function. So Instead of wanting to increase or decrease, we're just supporting the glands to create hormones in a meaningful way without trying to increase or decrease either way. So there actually are ways that you can do this with diet as well. And I thought this was pretty interesting. So overall, you want to have a pretty balanced diet. But if you include things like ginger, which improves fertility in men and increases testosterone and antioxidant levels, that usually helps. And oysters are high in zinc, as well as other shellfish, red meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. You also want to watch out for copper ingestion because zinc and copper compete for absorption with one another. So ginger, oysters, pomegranates. So pomegranate, pomegranates um, naturally increase testosterone in men and women and improves mood and blood pressure and supports heart health and stress reduction. So I feel like that's another one of those things that will help both sides of the table. So fortified plant milks. Now, some of you might be going, "Ugh, no, I'm not drinking that. And that's fine. But, you know, it it helps with hormone balance. So it has high levels of vitamin D, especially from those of almonds, soy, hemp, and flax. It contains 25% of uh, a person's vitamin D requirement. Also, leafy green vegetables such as spinach, Swiss chard, and kale are rich in magnesium. Also, beans and lentils, nuts and seeds, and whole grains. Um, Almost done, guys. So fatty fish and fish oil, which is rich in omega-3 fatty acids, and it helps with increasing semen and serum testosterone levels in addition to increasing brain function and mood balance. Uh, examples of these that have high, uh, um, are rich in omega-3, are Atlantic mackerel, herring, salmon, sardines, and trout. Extra virgin olive oil will help reduce risk of heart disease and cancer. Increase monounsaturated fat and vitamin E, antioxid- which is an antioxidant, will increase male reproductive health by increasing serum testosterone levels in healthy adult men. It also increases luteinizing hormone, which stimulates cells in the testes to produce testosterone. Also, onions. This aids in weight loss and has high levels of antioxidants and increases low levels of testosterone. So I got those that information from medicalnewstoday.com and um there is oh yeah there's also foods to avoid which honestly i think you could probably guess what these are so basically processed foods so you know foods that offer very little basically (laughs) fast food or uh you know just basically like garbagey food you guys know what those are right they offer very little nutritional value, tend to be high in calories, salt, fat, and sugar. Um, And it also has really high amounts of trans fats, which can reduce testosterone levels and impair testicular function. So yeah, that's, that's no bueno. So also canned or plastic packaged foods, which I thought was kind of interesting. So food and drinks that are canned or packaged and plastic can can impact hormone levels. Now, this isn't just for men. This is also for women too, I'd like to add. So, so an example, this can occur when people ingest chemicals such as BPA or bisphenol A or bisphenol S from water in plastic bottles or reheated food in plastic containers. So I think we've all kind of started to become a little bit more aware that we need to reduce the amount of plastic and especially like water bottles because it's totally messing up the environment. So whether you believe in, you know, uh, our environmental impact or not, um, it's pretty relevant and obvious in our beaches and in our oceans with all the plastic that we're using, especially straws and bottles and all the things. So maybe go and get one of those really awesome water bottles so that way you can maintain your water intake and reduce the amount of plastic bottles that you're using because it's also kind of fucking with your hormone levels. So let's move on. So results of a study from 2013 suggest that men who work in environments with high levels of BPA have reduced levels of free testosterone and androstenedol. Oh, wow. I can't say that word. (laughs) Androstenedol. <laughs> androstenedione that one's not okay a n d r O-S-T-E-N-E-D-I-O-N-E. Okay, say that one three times fast. I can't even say it one time fast. A hormone that can convert into testosterone or estrogen. It is important to note that participants in the study worked in factory settings. In food packaging, BPA is present in much smaller quantities. Nonetheless, the chemical does enter many people's bodies. A study from 2011, for example, found BPA in the urine of 89% of men attending a fertility clinic. Those with BPA in their urine also had lower levels of testosterone and thyroid-stimulating hormone. When levels of this hormone are low, it can indicate hypothyroidism, a condition that can reduce testosterone in some men and women, actually. So alcohol. Okay, we all know that alcohol can totally mess with kind of mess with our overall bodies even though you know it's sort of like a great band-aid to a bad day right doesn't solve the problem but it helps you work through it but unfortunately you got to really moderate the amount of alcohol that you ingest so moderate amounts of alcohol such as the occasional glass of red wine may provide some health benefits however drinking too much can reduce fertility in men and women So the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism in the U.S. cautions that alcohol use is linked to low testosterone levels and changes in the amounts of their reproductive hormones. Okay, so anyway, that covers, for the most part, men's hormone cycles. Now, let's talk about women's hormone cycles. And I'm trying to keep this brief, but you know, I go off, I get a little tangenty. I can't I can't help myself now a majority of the information that i'm getting about female hormone cycles which is called the infradian rhythm i'm getting this by uh, elisa vt hhc who is the founder and ceo of flow living and she wrote a couple of different books but this book in particular is called woman code and she is freaking amazing with all this. She sort of really spearheaded this, this movement into female hormone awareness and how it's incredibly different than men and how we need to focus on those fluctuations and changes so that we can live a more meaningful, more healthy lifestyle without undergoing the fatigue and the myriad of different health issues that come with female hormone imbalance. Because not to say that men's hormone systems are simpler but in essence you know since they have that 24-hour cycle it you know they they can go day to day and just kind of replenish whereas women it's not a 24-hour thing and if you're if you're like me that has lived most of your life on a 24-hour basis you've you've had really painful periods you've had the really high highs and low lows with your moods and with uh, a generous amount of fatigue and also you know having those incredible mood swings with the changes of your hormone cycles and it really shouldn't be this massive swing from each thing at all in fact it should be relatively like i don't want to say easy but in in essence it kind of should be if you're in balance anyway So that's why we have to kind of come away from this 24-hour cycle and into this like day-to-day, week-long thing (laughs) instead. So anyway, women have four different phases. The first phase is the follicular phase, which the duration is 7 to 10 days. days—not 24 hours, y'all, 7 to 10 days. And the hormone focus in this is the hypothalamus signals your pituitary gland to send follicle stimulating hormone to your ovaries, telling them to get ready to release another egg. Several egg follicles start to swell in preparation. Estrogen increases to thicken your uterine lining so that it can host an egg. So your body focus in this is physical energy increases throughout this phase. And now this is the first phase, you guys, a lot of times, like when we look at like, you know, taking hormones to like balance ourselves out, like with, with birth control, they start like the first day of your menstrual period as the first, but this is talking about your first phase, which is the follicular phase. So this is right after your menstrual cycle has, or your, your, your menstruation. So your bleeding time is done. Okay, so the follicular phase, um, you have physical energy that increases throughout this phase and you may sometimes feel restless. Initially, little to no vaginal secretions occur and they start to increase, which is usually yellow or white in color and tacky or sticky in texture. Now, listen, guys, you're gonna have to get comfortable with me talking about vaginal secretions. So if you're a dude in this, I love you thank you so much for listening to this and taking in time to educate yourself about like women's hormone cycle and what it looks like because it's it's a thing this is what happens and it's completely natural and fine and we should move away from the stigma of women's vaginas and women having secretions being gross and women having bleeding cycles being gross because it's not gross it's actually fascinating (laughs) And really educational. You can utilize where you're at in your life by following your cycle. So anyway, I'm sorry. I get, I'm really tangenti today. I'm going to try and rein it in. So your lifestyle focus in the follicular phase should be focused around creativity and new beginnings characterized by this phase. So this is the time to direct your energy into stimulating projects at work and at home. Plan brainstorming sessions with your coworkers. Save your most mentally challenging assignments for this week, since your brain's penchant for creativity at this time makes it easier to problem solve. Your physical energy is at one of its highest points during your follicular phase. Emotionally, you feel outgoing, upbeat, revitalized. When setting your social calendar for the month, RSVP yes to invites during this week when you'll have the most energy to be out and active. It's also an ideal time to plan to see a new exhibit or check out new bands. You'll be most open to new experiences and will find it most stimulating during this time. So your food focus, fresh, vibrant, light foods make you feel more energized during this phase when all hormone levels are at their lowest. Your body can tolerate foods with higher phytoestrogen content, since with estrogen just starting to increase, you won't be pulling additional estrogen on top of already elevated estrogen levels. So think pressed salads like kimchi and sauerkraut, plenty of veggies, lean proteins, sprouted beans and seeds, and dense energy-sustaining grains. How you cook your food matters too. So favor light cooking methods, such as steaming or sauteing during the follicular phase. In addition, all of the recommended foods for your cycle, Um, are beneficial for improving ovulation that occurs in the next phase. So like avocados, for example, are known to improve the follicular ovulatory transition, as well as promote cervical mucus production, which your mucus production is, it's going to tell you everything about where you're at in your cycle. Exercise focus, try something new. Take that Zumba or yoga sculpting class you've been yearning to try out at your gym, (laughs) if you can go. Hopefully, gyms—I think gyms are starting to open now. Anyway, putting your brain and body in a new, stimulating situation feels like an easy, natural thing for you to do at this time of the month. You also form new neuroconnections in the brain more easily, which means that stepping outside of your comfort zone is a seamless thing to do. Furthermore, new activities are more likely to stick when you start them now than at any other point of your cycle. You have the energy to go for those more challenging workouts at this time too. Okay, that is the follicular phase. So this is your high energy phase, okay? Now, the second phase is your ovulatory phase, and this is the shortest in your actual cycle. So the ovulatory phase is anywhere between three and four days. The hormone focus is a sharp rise in follicle-stimulating hormone, followed by an increase in luteinizing hormone. Also, from the pituitary, stimulates one follicle to swell further and burst, releasing an egg into one of the fallopian tubes. That egg then travels to the uterus. Estrogen levels continue to increase, further thickening the uterine lining and supporting the growth of immune system cells in the uterus testosterone takes a quick surge and drops right around ovulation so it feels like you kind of have like a surge in all of your hormones right in this really short time frame your body focus is you're gonna have vaginal discharge, in, an increase in vaginal discharge, and it is usually clear, wet, and slippery or stretchy on your day of peak fertility. So this is really important, especially if you're wanting to conceive or if you're wanting to try and not conceive either way. And the reason why is because it looks different during this time frame. So if you're having like an, an excess amount of vaginal secretion, and it's usually pretty like, like an egg white, that's when you know that you're ovulating. So as you move past this peak day, vaginal discharge dries, you may feel pelvic pain with the release of an egg, as well as a surge of energy or a sense of depletion, along with cravings or a headache. So the lifestyle focus here is connecting with community is at the heart of this phase. This is a time to have important conversations, whether it's with your spouse, your mom, or your boss. If possible, hold off on having those conversations until this ovulatory phase when your heightened communication skills will allow you to convey your thoughts and opinions more clearly as well as be more receptive to those of others. If you're planning to ask for a raise, do it during your ovulatory phase. This is also an ideal time to go on first dates since your increased communication skills will make you that much more magnetic. And I really love that because that really kind of connects with uh, the the yin type mentality there's this connection right I, I really like that a lot so and since you're at home or I'm sorry since you're at your most fertile in this phase chances are studies tell us that you put extra effort into looking and feeling your best in an unconscious effort to attract a mate when ovulating your food focus You have plenty of natural energy and your mood is stable because of all the estrogen floating around. So go easy on the carbohydrates, stick to lighter grains such as corn and quinoa. Still, you want to be sure your body is metabolizing and eliminating the surplus of estrogen efficiently. So fill up on veggies, the fiber aids elimination and fruit. High levels of the antioxidant glutathione support the first phase of detoxification in the liver. So it might be really good also to um, get a supplement that would help with liver detox because that's where all of your hormones generally are broken down. Uh, Milk thistle is a really, really good um, uh, liver detox or support herb. Um, So just look into that if that's something that interests you. So the ovulatory foods are about promoting vascular and antioxidant well-being for your ovaries so you can create the healthiest egg possible. These foods will also help estrogen driven symptoms such as acne and bloating at bay. Continue to focus on lighter preparations of foods such as steaming or when appropriate eating foods raw. Now you exercise differently also in your ovulatory phase. So when you're deciding which activities are best during this phase, keep two things in mind, high impact workouts and group settings. Your energy levels are at their max, so you're primed to take on more strenuous exercise such as weightlifting, plyometrics, and running. Since communicating and connecting with others also feels great on these days, consider running with friends or a team or taking swimming, dancing, or spinning classes. Okay, now we only have two more phases left, you guys. Are you ready? Okay, phase three, the luteal phase. This is the longest phase in a woman's cycle. The duration is 10 to 14 days. Now the the hormone focus is the corpus luteum or the follicle from which the egg bursts from grows on the surface of the ovary causing it to produce progesterone. The rise in progesterone signals the body to keep the uterine lining intact. It also signals the pituitary to stop sending out follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, ensuring that only one egg is released into the uterus at a time. Estrogen levels continue to rise towards the end of the cycle. If the egg hasn't been fertilized, the corpus luteum is reabsorbed into the body. Progesterone production will soon halt as a result, triggering your period. Testosterone will increase towards the end of this phase. And you know what's kind of funny when I think about that is like this whole stigma of women being grouchy, you know, towards like their their period because testosterone is really high and like it's like we're acting a little bit more like men in our menstrual cycle. <laughs> sorry. I I think that that's really funny. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. Your body focus. Physical energy declines and premenstrual symptoms may develop towards the end of your cycle. Symptoms such as bloating, irritability, headache, mood swings, and cravings. So, your lifestyle focus here is awareness, attention, and comfort are key now. As the corpus luteum is reabsorbed, your energy begins to soften and turn inward. You'll notice that you have the desire to nest, making the luteal phase an ideal time to take care of domestic chores. Whether your lists include reorganizing your shoe closet, doing a month worth, oh my God, doing a month's worth of laundry, Jesus. That sounds awful to me, (laughs) I'm sorry. Or making a big grocery shopping trip. Also, that doesn't sound great to me. The particular ratio of estrogen to progesterone in this phase makes you notice things around you that you didn't see before. As a result, your brain begins to prioritize administrative detail-driven responsibilities you may have ignored all month, perhaps giving you the urge to clean your apartment or house from top to bottom, reconcile your online banking, or cook a week's worth of meals at one time. I swear to God, every single time I get into my luteal phase, that's, that's, I, I still can't, I still can't build up the, (laughs) the fortitude to meal prep. I want to so bad, but I'm just like, but I don't really feel like it. (laughs) Maybe I'm not in hormone balance. I do feel like I'm more in hormone balance than I ever have been though. By doing this, by the way, it's pretty remarkable. But anyway, I never want to meal prep. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, you'll also feel a need to nest on an internal level, perhaps paying extra attention to your self care regimen, such as taking a long luxurious baths or simply relaxing with a book or a movie. Try slowing down social engagements during your luteal phase. So you won't feel needlessly exhausted. Uh, So you want to focus on foods that are rich in B vitamins, calcium, magnesium, and fiber combined. They will optimize the quality of the luteal phase in several ways. First, these foods stave off sugar cravings caused by the heavy use of B vitamins and promoting progesterone production. Second, the calcium magnesium combination leafy greens is essential in mitigating the effects of fluid retention that are so problematic for women during this phase finally the fiber concentration will help your liver and large intestine flush estrogen more efficiently through the bowel ameliorating the effects of estrogen dominance in addition healthy natural sugars help with the dip in estrogen that occurs in the second half of the luteal phase and that can make you feel irritable one of the best ways to achieve this is by roasting or baking vegetables which increases the concentration of those sugars so the veggies taste sweeter in addition Make sure you have an adequate intake of complex carbohydrates to stabilize serotonin and dopamine levels in the brain and help prevent mood swings. Now for your exercise focus. During the first half of the luteal phase, your energy may still be high. So you want to continue with the more strenuous activities you took on during ovulation. Then scale back on your intensity during the final five days with activities such as walking, Pilates, gyrotonic training, which I don't really know what that is. Oh, anyway, and vinyasa yoga. You may feel a little more sluggish and experience more water retention towards the end of this phase. So choose exercise with lower resistance, such as using the elliptical trainer or swimming, I feel is really, really helpful, especially when I'm getting closer to my menstrual phase. Like it, that's that always feels really good. You'll still be working your muscles, but it won't be as jarring for your body okay now we're on to the last phase the menstrual phase and this usually is three to seven days in duration the hormone focus here is progesterone which production drops off as the corpus luteum disappears triggering the shedding of your uterine lining and your menstrual phase also known as your period or bleeding phase estrogen peaks and then drops stimulating your hypothalamus to prepare for another cycle of ovulation The body focus here is a combination of brown spotting and red bleeding characterize this phase. You may also experience pelvic cramping, low backache, fatigue, and cravings. Sometimes you may feel a sense of relaxation and relief as your estrogen peak passes. So now as you move into more hormonal balance, you'll still feel these things, but they won't be this extraordinary pain and like it, it, it's, it's a lot more balanced. Like you still feel it, but it's not as terrible. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I can deal with that. That's like, eh, whatever. You won't need to like take medication for it, which I felt like I had to, I had to have my Pamprin and my Tylenol and Motrin in order to like get through that time. Cause it was so bad. But I feel like once I've been following the cycle, it's like, Oh, this is not, this is totally doable. So anyway, Your lifestyle focus is self-analysis and course correction are dominant here. During your menstrual phase, the communication between the right and left hemispheres of your brain is more powerful than at any other time. This enables you to judiciously evaluate how you're doing in your life and if necessary, begin identifying and making course corrections that will reposition you in the direction that you want to be heading. Because of the way your hemispheres are firing back and forth, your also most likely to receive clear intuitive gut messages during your menstrual phase. Check in, listen to what those subtle messages are, especially every month you're coming up against the same thoughts, worries, or fears at this time. Many women find that journaling during their menstrual phase, especially when they first learn to sync with their cycles, allows them to access deeper insight into what their instincts are telling them. It also helps them begin to notice. Thought patterns that may occur month after month, urging a particular action. Many women feel relieved when they learn that feelings such as restlessness and dissatisfaction during the menstrual phase are completely normal. Instead of allowing these thoughts to make you feel overwhelmed, take advantage of this phase to identify which areas of your life needs attention. Then use the other weeks of your cycle to address these issues in a variety of different ways to help you come up with the best solutions and improvements for you. During your menstrual phase, your body is involved in an intense process, eliminating the lining of your uterus. So focus on your diet on foods that add nutrients. This includes foods with a low glycemic index and water-rich foods and vegetables. Seafood and sea-based veggies will also help remineralize your body with iron and zinc which you lose during menstruation the foods for the menstrual phase are all deeply restorative to the blood and kidneys perfect for while you are bleeding choose whatever preparations feel most comfortable for you so uh, for most of the year that will be soups and stews so your exercise focus rest and recovery are important parts of any exercise program so that your body can repair schedule rest or yoga during the early parts of the menstrual phase, especially the first day or two, when your flow may be heaviest. Take time to stretch and walk on these days. As you move into the end of bleeding towards the follicular phase again, begin to amp up your activity according to how you feel. Okay, so that covers all of the phases. So one of the things that um, you wanna take advantage of and understand is when your hormones are out of balance and for females there's different ways to see this and if you have metabolism and stress symptoms they're going to look like carb cravings and bingings, binging sugar and chocolate cravings reliance on coffee soda and energy drinks consuming more than three alcoholic based drinks per week skipping meals anxiety insomnia waking up during sleep headaches low libido facial and body hair weight gain, hypothyroidism, metabolic syndrome, and diabetes. I'm wondering if when she says facial, oh, okay, yeah, facial and body hair, that makes sense. If you have like a lot of it, that could mean that you have a higher level of testosterone. that sort of thing so that's all indicative of metabolism and and increased stress issues with hormone imbalance elimination symptoms with hormone imbalance look like irritable bowel syndrome oily skin bloating and water retention acne or cystic acne dandruff eczema hair loss constipation diarrhea or loose stools body odor and night sweats your cycle symptoms if you are in hormone imbalance you have mood swings, PMS, irregular cycles, fibroids, ovarian cysts, cystic breasts, breast tenderness, polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, unexplained infertility, cramps, heavy periods, painful periods, missing periods, migraines and depression. Now, I feel like I hit a ton of these when I was looking at over this. So, I'm sure that there's a lot of you that are like, "Dude, I have like all that. All of that." So, you know, there are lots of ways that you can gain balance by doing this. Um, a part of that is to know what type of, uh, metabolic burner you are. So fast burners tend to lose weight easily, feel anxious, dizzy, headachey, hypoglycemic, or hungry, or overeat with little exertion. And then slow burners tend to gain weight easily and have a difficult time losing weight feel irritable or foggy headed when hypoglycemic or hungry and almost always feel cold especially in the fingers and toes so understanding how you burn your food too can help with understanding like maintaining your blood sugar levels which is like sort of like a core for all of this so you know when you're figuring out what type of what like when you're in hormone imbalance which I feel like a lot of women are because I can't tell you how many women that I've come into contact with that have all of those symptoms. So understanding how you burn your food and then maintaining your blood sugar levels by eating smaller meals per day and really focusing on you know, the foods like especially vegetables and uh, lower glycemic uh, carbohydrates and fruits that will really help. Um, and then also understand what what type of energy you emit all the time um, will really help to know like where you're balancing in. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of going all over the place because I'm getting long winded here. But one thing that I wanted to touch on also was learning what your cycle is when you're on birth control because lots and lots and lots and lots of women are on birth control. So they're like, well, how do I know? Cause I, you know, I either don't have a period at all, or, you know, it's just really light. And, but you do, you do actually have a cycle. So you can still sync it up if you're on the pill. Um, but it's slightly different than a woman who isn't on a pill, and that's because hormone contraception shuts down the process that occurs in your four phases. Specifically, you don't have a follicular phase and you don't ovulate. When you're on the pill, synthetic hormones biochemically trick the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and ovaries into thinking you're pregnant. As a result, you don't have most of the body cues, such as changes in cervical fluid that a woman not on the pill will have. But that doesn't mean that you can't cycle sync. In fact, it's a phenomenal thing to do no matter what. You'll reap the benefits that come from consuming a wide variety of foods, doing differently different kinds of exercise throughout the month and making wise, varied lifestyle choices. So ways that you can do that is map out On a calendar, when you finish the last day of your period, consider the next day, the first day of your follicular phase. So, follow the follicular phase guidelines for seven days. The next day is your first day of your ovulatory phase. Follow the ovulation phase guidelines for four days. The next day is your luteal phase. Follow the luteal phase guidelines for 12 days. The next day is your menstrual phase. Follow the menstrual phase guidelines for five days. Begin again with your follicular phase. So at any rate, you can still do it. And, and that's even for people who are in menopause or perimenopause. You still have these fluctuations. It just looks a little bit different, but you still want to follow the phases of your body and where they're going through. You just have to pay attention to where it is and maybe put it on a calendar. So that way it makes it a little bit more easy for you to follow along where your body is at. A lot of this is just paying attention to what is going on in your body where you're at so that way you can understand what you need to do during that phase because it's specific it's not just a 24-hour thing it is a a month-long thing and if you if you try this out i i I, I swear it is it's been a huge thing for me i have never had a pain-free period in my life until now you know and even just understanding what types of supplements to take there's you can take Vitex and maca and um, ashwagandha and uh, there's there's actually a really great uh, hormone balance supplement that I take that's just female balance and it has all the things in it and I think it's by Now Organics and uh, it's it just says female balance and it's I, I love it. It's been really helpful for me to stay pretty even keel throughout my entire cycle so Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this, first of all, I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the female balance portion of it, because I feel like the more all of us can get in tune with the female cycle, I feel like we'll be able to understand each other a little bit easier and how we differ and how we are so powerful in our bodies. different ways that we create you know, and for women, you know, it has to be a little bit more complicated because we do some pretty fucking complicated things (laughs) like create humans. You know, that's a pretty profound thing that we are able to do. And following your hormone cycle is a great way that if you do want to get pregnant is a way for you to get pregnant easier by balancing out your hormones and understanding what's going on inside. So, if this interests you, I highly, highly recommend Woman Code by Elisa VT. She's fabulous. She has a website called Flow Living. So go and check that out if it is something that is some, that is troubling you. It's been really helpful for me. Um, and hopefully you can get rid of symptoms like endometriosis and PCOS and all the things that can be really hard when you're following a 24-hour cycle, which isn't meant for your body. It's meant for a male's body. So anyway, this has gotten really long-winded, but you know, I kind of knew that this would be the case with me because I love all things when it comes to the body and, you know, I'm into obstetrics. I mean, that's what I do. I help babies come into the world. So, following a woman's body and her hormone cycle is something that is very close and near and dear to my heart. So, I hope all of you that are listening to this has gotten something out of it and I hope that you really enjoyed some of the extra education, albeit a lot more dense than my normal thing. But I love it. I love talking about how our our human body can do some of the most incredible things and are connected in a really beautiful way. And yeah, let me know what you think about this, you guys, if you love it. I mean, we're trying to balance out the spiritual, the physical and the mental. And, you know, so that way we can grow in every way, shape and form. So anyway, love you guys, and I really hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. And until then, love and light to you all. Now for your food focus, the foods you see listed for the luteal phase. Oh God, bleh, okay. So he his uh, triangulating three amphibole provide. Oh boy, <laughs> that that's that's kind of a lot. Hold on. I feel like if I were to depict somebody saying that line, it would be someone who is quintessentially woo-woo. <laughs> do, you see, do you see who I'm talking about in your mind's eye right now? <laughs> Immediately, I always, if you guys like Harry Potter like I do, because I love Harry Potter, it reminds me of um, the uh, T- Professor Trelawney <laughs> who 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 practices and teaches divination, and she has these huge Coke bottle glasses. you <laughs> could just hear her saying this. Has a profound and pure energy that brings about cosmic alignment and attunes to the bliss of infinity of being. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on now. Sorry. If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rd eyes at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.e.with.lorelei or on Facebook at third eye with Lorelai Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.